Radio check. Over. Yeah. <laughs> We're in. Hi, Digger. Hey, how are you? Great. It's so good to see you. It's well. It's been a while. How's it going, Digger? Things are bad, man. Uh, it's bright and sunny here in Santa Cruz today. Um, just sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to springtime 2020. It has arrived. Are you sheltered in place? Uh, yeah, completely. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have the porch. I live right on the highway one so I can watch cars go by, which is really nice. That's good entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for agreeing to do this with us, Digger. I'm so glad that, it. I don't know, the stars aligned in the right direction that made it feel like... Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> and I hope it's everything you want it to be. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I really appreciate it. <laughs> of course. So um, some genesis or back talk of where this all came from is um, we're all, Crow's been working on this idea with Splinter for a while, the two of them actually, about this DIM project, which was Department of Institutional Memory, which was the idea of like, we should not forget things. Like as an institution, we should have a way to preserve information and stories and people and our beginnings and all the things. And then Splinter really took that to heart and started working on this podcast series um, as a way to give people a chance to tell stories and spotlight things that were important to them and give other folks who have no idea, like a sense of the history and beginnings of the Rangers and where it's come from and that can plug in and help make a vision for the future of where it's going. So, of course, we thought of you really quickly right after Create a that. living history. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, maybe you can start um, by introducing yourself to folks who don't know you and talking about how you ended up in part of this crazy khaki family. I moved to the Bay Area in August of 1995, and I met this guy in New Mexico. Uh, said, oh, yeah, you know, I live in San Francisco Bay Area. Give me a buzz when you get out there. We became fast friends. And then two weeks after I got to the Bay Area, he calls me up and says, show up at my house with everything you need to survive for three days. We're going to Burning Man. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, so what so year was that? That was 95. Wow. <laughs> a long yeah. time ago. Yep. I don't know, back when you could, I mean, it's literally like Ranger Ruth was the one who sold me my first ticket, which I probably still have around here somewhere. <laughs> it was like $14. You know? wow. <laughs> and you literally just drove up to this like camper shell in the middle of nowhere. You know? And people were like, okay, drive five miles out that way. And then, you know, once your odometer hits five miles, make a left <laughs> and keep driving and you'll eventually see it. And we're like, I'm okay. <laughs> Did those directions work out for you? They did. They did. Small <laughs> miracles, right? Yeah, it was. Um, that was pretty incredible. And I had the time of my life for actually two and a half, three days. And uh, went back the next year. Went back the next year, and um, I had noticed what the Rangers did, and I was amazed at their crisis intervention skills and at the way they could solve problems without. Well, they could solve any problem, <laughs> whether it's, you know, somebody being chased around a camp with a handgun or somebody's dog oh. is gone or like uh, setting up a belay line for some art installation or um, and back then, I mean, let's see, I think there's maybe like four or five Rangers and one of them happened to live right behind me in Oakland, uh, no John way. Law. Yep. And so um, when I got back from Burning Man in 97, was it? 
yeah, I was asking him, how do I get involved in the Rangers? But at that point, there was all kinds of politics going on. And uh, he's like, there are better people to ask. And here's my friend Vaughn. Here's my friend Hail Mary. <laughs> Back then, a, a bunch of us that lived a stone's throw away from each other in Oakland. Flying guy was there. Jen Jen and Joseph lived there. Uh, oh, Pirate and Lexico were there too. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a bunch of us. And so we just started hanging out and uh, just, yep, yeah, sucked into the Rangers that way. I literally became a shift lead because Hail Mary and Bogman were sitting around a cafe in Oakland going, we need people that can, you know, run the shift. How would you like to do it? And I'm like, I, I don't know the first thing about shift leading. <laughs> they said, that sounds great. Here's they the said, radio. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. Yeah. It seems like there was, that was a lot of how things um, evolved back in at that time was, oh, here's somebody who's doing it. I know them. They need help. I'm going to step in and help them do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so you showed up for Playa that next year and lo and behold, you're a shift lead. What was that like for you? Um, that was initially really daunting. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I'm in charge of this entire this huge city because at that, that point, let's see, was it? That would have been 98. So I don't think I became a shift lead until 99. But even in 98, I mean, we went from, I think the year prior was like six or 7,000 people. And, you know, all of a sudden in 98, there's like 14,000 people or 15,000. or I forget what the official numbers, but it literally doubled in size. Yeah. Really yeah. Fast. <laughs> and so it was daunting to sit there and go, oh my God, well, okay, I've got one, two, three, four people on this graveyard shift to take care of a city of 14,000 people. <laughs> Gulp. <laughs> So we just, you know, said, okay, you two take the north, you two take the south, uh, and, you know, if you hear anything, radio it in. And, of course, I volunteered for graveyard shift because nobody else wanted it because I'm not warning people at all, never have been. Yeah, I think and, every um, time I think of you, I just think of you at nighttime. I don't think yeah. I know. Like, I didn't know that you're all, I mean, here we are at noon, and you're actually awake. And I know. Thank God we're doing this at noon. <laughs> <laughs> two hours ago, it wouldn't have been happening. <laughs> So you came, let me just make sure I got your story right here. Yeah. So you showed up in 95 for the first time with your random friend that was like, get in the car, we're going to the desert together. Yeah. You went and hung out. You saw that there were a few rangers around handling some stuff by juggling some stuff and um, including chasing someone around a camp that had a handgun out. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think 1995 probably looked a lot different than things were at the time that you were more heavily involved in ranger leadership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you used to just drive out in the, there was no streets. You just drive out and say, okay, this looks like a good spot. Park your vehicle and then set up whatever you brought in the back of your vehicle. People would say, oh, well, where are we? Well, you see that uh, giant radio tower out there. We're just kind of off to the left of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> there was no addresses, no nothing else. Yeah. Were people camped like next to each other, near each other, or was it a lot of driving around kind of like how Josiah is now? It was a lot of driving around. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, Assuming you wanted to drive your vehicle. I mean, uh, a lot of people did, uh, but a lot of people just walked too. You'd say, okay, you know, that next camp is only, uh, it looks like about a quarter mile away that way. And so you start walking towards it, and 20 minutes later, it still looks like it's about a quarter mile away. <laughs> distance <laughs> is really goes, deceptive right? out still there. looks like it's a quarter mile, yeah. <laughs> Back at that time, like in 95, when you first were there, were there actually rangers at that time, or was it just kind of people floating around? There were people that functioned as rangers, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Danger was out there. Um, Shibumi. Um, Vicky Olds. Um, in fact, I got her hat around here somewhere from 99. <laughs> oh, sweet. I know. Um, let's see. Uh, her John Law was with them. I want to say Harley. 
was with them a couple and other if someone small. needed a ranger like if someone needed help or community support was there a way for them to find rangers was there an hq or a flagging down system nope. or nope <laughs> <laughs> it's just pretty much you know um, something happens and then people start talking about it and a ranger shows up yeah They're, that was it <laughs> out of the dust just like yep. that Oof. pretty much <laughs> <laughs> I think there actually was like a small, um, uh, there probably was a small ranger station somewhere, but nobody knew where it was. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you remember that crew of like when HQ actually got developed or established? Or was already there when you started? Oh, I was, my first time there was 98, but when I was there, it wasn't a container, I mean, it was a trailer. Or something, and then there was just camo net stretched off of it with the spreader poles. The first time I saw it was when I went for training, for ranger training. I was like, "Oh yeah, that, there it is." And it was center camp, right? And yeah, it was a pretty small little station. And then I remember there being like maybe it was the next year or whatever, but I do remember that there was what would now be ESD, but there was a dispatcher mm-hmm. sitting in that trailer at our HQ that was not the shift lead. Right, it was like Rod or somebody else, right? Or Damon, or yeah. <clears throat> right? And it was we were. It's kind of like now we're now those functions are combined mm-hmm. for us and for them. Their 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 dispatchers are still doing the same thing, but our shift leads are uh, dispatching ourselves. But anyway, I remember that. I remember when that got separated off. That kind of function got separated off. Yeah, in '97, um, when they laid out the grid in Hualapai, there was an actual ranger station, although it was little more than like you know uh, one or two tents, or maybe it was a trailer, you know, with a sort of a, uh, uh, one of those two foot by six foot banners that said Rangers on it. <laughs> there might be people there. There might not be people there. We didn't know. Um, let's see. That year, I think I ran into Chalky at the Ranger HQ there in, uh, in 97. Boy. Yeah. Yep. Um, but Jeez. that's about all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I ever remember seeing a Ranger uh, physical location as a headquarters. Yeah. And what about... Um, Crow was talking about in 98 showing up there for a training. I guess you you wouldn't have trained that year. Would have trained the next year. But anyway, do you remember when the first time you went to a ranger orientation meeting was? Yeah, yeah, 98. Um, let's see. I'd already been asking questions with John and um, and had met Hail Mary and Bogman. Uh, I got in touch with Joseph Pred via email. Uh, I had worked a couple of events uh, put on by um, the Burning Man community in San Francisco like um, uh, SRL did a uh, show, for lack of a better word, underneath the, I think it was Harrison and Fifth Street, the off-ramp in San Francisco. What's SRL? Was, uh, survival Research Labs. Oh. It's like, um, how do you say about survival research? They take a lot of big industrial machinery and make it really even, uh, how can I put this? They take technology and they use it for something other than its intended purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for so telling me about that. Like, yeah. like industrial robots kind of crashing into each other mm-hmm. and making Destroying havoc happen. Things. Big 12 foot tall, 14 foot tall industrial robots that breathe fire. And like, you know, <laughs> had, uh, what they have? They had a pitching machine that was a 454 cubic inch Cadillac engine with two tires that would shoot two by fours and a piece of yeah. steel. And they'd <laughs> shatter. <laughs> they, uh, they had a giant mechanical arm um, that they could articulate and pick things up and move it around. Right. And uh, what else did they Somebody took one of those old flamethrower and just yeah, sort of artistic, destructive stuff. 
So they were doing that in the middle of San Francisco. In the middle of San Francisco. To help them ranger their event. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I got put. I showed up to help ranger the event, and I got put in the um, uh, the admissions table with Jules. Remember oh, Jules yes. from um, uh, DMV. DMV. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, and I was working with her for the first time ever. <laughs> Just taking people's admission. Um, oh, another SRL thing that they had. The, you remember those old um, staircases that they'd roll up to airplanes so people could walk down? Yeah. Somebody took some surplus GE jet engine, welded it onto this thing, and was driving it around the event. with <laughs> <laughs> Flame shooting out the back of it, and you blow back. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Which stairs you choose. Yeah. <laughs> Literal stairway to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you you showed up at some of that stuff um, yeah. in '98, and then to get you to the ROM, was that on Playa or like what that, was the actually? That was actually yeah, that was on Playa. I want to say it was like in May or it's probably like in mid-May, I think. And uh, it just at that point, it was an email list. You know, oh, okay, if you're interested in rangering, then you know, show up out here for the ranger training on the Playa. And we spent the weekend um, doing ranger training there, going over what was then a, like, I don't know, maybe a 35, 40-page operations manual. Like, you know, how do you talk on the radio? How do you not talk on the radio? <laughs> um, we still cover rangers, that. <laughs> yeah. What are rangers responsible for? What are they not responsible for? Uh, is there a dress code? <laughs> um, what do you do in this situation? What do you do in that situation? And a lot of it was just sitting around listening to people who'd done it before tell stories. <laughs> You know, um, and, 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 and yeah, that was the training. <laughs> That's a good training. I remember Danger had us like, uh, he did that thing where he, what was it? he puts a line in the sand and we have to walk across it and be in a new world. I do remember that was a part of it. And then, who yeah, else and was then, at that besides Danger or who was like God. organizing or running the training or, or, and, or do you remember any of the specific things like, what did they say about how you show up ready to work or not, or what was your responsibility and what wasn't, you know, like, cause I think the, maybe the mechanics of it have changed over time. And I'm curious to hear what they were saying back at that time. I, wow. I don't remember much to tell you the truth, although I probably have a copy of the anim, uh, operations manual right here somewhere. Nice. Hmm. Love to see it. I, yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, like I'm cleaning the house and I come across, Oh my God, is that from 1990? <gasps> where did that patch come from it just falls out of a book i'm reading <laughs> um but 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 what did they do specifically who was there um let's see i remember badger was there bob Dirtwitch, um naya uh who else do, 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 do. i think painless was there mm, nice. um i could have sworn that you said you didn't come in through until 99 correct i could have sworn you were there in 98 no, I came in '98. Yeah, yeah. But I, um, I don't know if I knew there was training. Like, I, I went to training for the first time on the playa, mm. uh, whatever day that was—Monday or Tuesday yeah. of the week. Mm -hmm. um, it was Tuesday. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but then from then on, I like you know went to Jupiter or whatever to to the yeah. playa rom. But the first time, I was like, geez, I. I'm going to drive all the way to San Francisco from Santa Cruz to go to a trip. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I just went to the one, you know, at the event. So consequently, yeah. I never, uh, like in order to have gotten a laminate that year, which I think might have been the first year they had laminates, mm -hmm. um, you had to have done the training before the thing. Yeah. picture. So I never had a laminate from 98, but that wasn't that big of a deal then anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the next part of Keeper's audio got a little messed up, so I'm going to just translate 
She brings up that Digger mentioned he wasn't a trained medical professional, but he is now. So she asks him what it is that made that happen and what was the path that got him there. Wow. Uh, Burning Man changes people's lives. You know, I'm not sure if it still does, but it did when I went there. And it actually, uh, you know what? The fact that we're sitting here in this meeting isn't a testament to the fact that it does. <laughs> um, let's see. I, in 1999, was looking to get out of my job as a systems administrator. I just got sick of sitting in front of a computer for 14 hours a day and doing user support and building servers and systems administrating and databases. And it was beginning to wear on me. Um, so when rangering for Burning Man, I was working with people who were mental health professionals, who were nurses, who were doctors, and they would watch me sitting with people in Hotel Moron or Sanctuary, and they're like, you know what, you've got a knack for this. You'd be really good at it. Like uh, Death Valley Kelly told me that. Um, okay. So did uh, Dana. What was her handle? Delta Leva. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. They said, you'd be really good at this. And I said, well, what do you guys do in the default world? <laughs> they're like, you'd be a really good psych tech. I had no idea what a psych tech even was, but I got back to Santa Cruz and I found out that there's a place called Mission College right over the hill in San Jose, actually Santa Clara. And they had a psych tech program for a year and a half. I'm like, well, you know what? Hell, I can do that for a year and a half. And I signed up for that. And then I started working as a psych tech and working in some really hair-raising places <laughs> with people who are acute schizophrenics, um, drug overdoses, domestic violence disputes, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then I was like, you know what? I really don't want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I went back to school in, um, at San Jose State and got my Bachelor of Science in Nursing. And so now I'm a nurse. And wouldn't you know it, once I become a nurse, one of the first jobs open to me was, hey, we need you in County Emergency Psychiatric Services. <laughs> like, oh, it's kind I of swore like I'd never get back into this. Yeah, it just <laughs> reeled me right back in. Um, and so for a number of years, I uh, was a charge nurse here for emergency psych in Santa Cruz County. Mm -hmm. um, I've also since done stints at uh, uh, step-down care units, dialysis centers, uh, public health. And so now I'm a nurse and I owe that initial inspiration to Burning Man and the support of folks who saw some potential in me and steered me in that direction, mentored me, so to speak. Totally. Yeah. I wonder uh, if you, you know, if any part of that is like also Joseph Pred. Mm. Actually, I still do occasionally work for Joseph Pred. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, I remember, we get it this out later, but I remember you saying like, I'm going to go do this because, you know. I'm able to tell that guy what's up. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was, that's kind of spite was definitely my rationale. I'd be lying if I yeah, said it wasn't. But like, you know? I'm going to out, outrank him when, in these situations, basically. Yep. Yep. And like, here we are 20 years later, and now I do. <laughs> yeah. Ever since you did, I've been, you know, poking your finger. You know, he's not even there anymore now, but that's you lost your opportunity. But, <clears throat> but anyway. No, actually, I still do. I mean, he runs Mars Medical here in the Bay Area and occasionally yeah. needs a nurse for like a Wu-Tang show at Oco or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a nurse at some festival in Sacramento or, yeah. And, uh, That's cool. Yeah. I figure if I were ever crazy, you're the person I'd want to sit with me until, like, <laughs> normal. Thank you. <laughs> yep, I have to agree with Keeper. If I was going crazy, I would want Digger to be the one to talk to me. That's it for part one of Digger. Next week, we're going to get together and talk about Ranger get-togethers. We're going to talk about the way the department split off of the Rangers. And Digger's going to tell some really good stories about uh, why he is so good at what he does. 
Also, this week we're going to shout out to our friends at the San Francisco office who have joined Podcast World as well. They started a podcast called Burning Man Live. I'm going to put the link in our comments section and check it out if you like. And be back with us next week for more Digger. Have a great week.